Good to see you, Arnie. It, it just, it really is an unbelievable day. I, I, I know people have been nervous. A day like today, certainly um, tough to see, maybe as an opportunity. Investors can plan for volatility swings, no doubt, using some option strategies. And that's something that's on your mind. What's in your playbook nowadays? Well, a great little introduction to what I do. And thanks for having me, Nicole. Uh um, first of all, the, the levels of volatility have actually moved up today. And if you look at the VIX contracts, you see that we've moved up into the 32 range and well out into June, you're still close to 30. And, you know, the, the kind of loss that that implies, the kind of potential for decline that that implies is, is pretty significant. You're still talking potential 10 to 12% drops implied by those numbers. And when the market's gone up eight on equities before today, now we're probably only up close to six. And uh, bonds, TLT was up, you know, close to 18% for the year before today. You know, on, on equities, right. a 2% drop that we've had today is, is a very significant proportion of your up that you really want to carefully protect given the pandemic and the potential outcomes and the lack of fiscal clarity. So we've been saying for a long time that we really think that volatility, managing your beta against market risk is much more important here because as, as we've talked about a lot, even though institutional managers, and we, we deal with a lot of them, look at the year as kind of a measuring stick, you know, quarter by quarter and year, asset allocators don't have the clock run out. And so your job is really to protect the long run. And right now, with these kind of levels of the VIX and correlations relatively high versus what people are realizing in the market, we think that risk is, is actually much higher of downside than people have understood. Hmm. You know, the other thing, you know, that's the way to do it, I guess, because you, to your point, when we watch the VIX today, it's up 14 percent plus that 31, 32 level. I'm not sure that anybody anticipated that for this Monday morning. Um, stimulus is still not here and COVID cases are on the rise. It seems like a what has been somewhat of a typical case day, except that it's a record day of, of COVID cases. But there's much more testing going on. Now, you have a positive outlook for the small caps. And, you know, last week where we saw a sell-off, I was going through each index and all the indexes sold off. IWM is what you would use for the small caps. Regional banks is something. I was just looking at the S&P um, Regional Banking ETF, KRE. These are some groups you were paying attention to. But to finish my thought is that last week where everything really sold off when we say the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ, but other things held on, the small caps, the mid caps, the industrials, um, I'm sorry, the transportation index, and, and uh, I believe utilities, but we'll get to that in a minute. So tell me about some right. of these small caps. Right. I think the first thing that you try to do as an asset allocator is you try to figure out you know, how, how difficult can volatility be in a portfolio, and is it the kind of thing that can impair longer-term returns? So, for example, we always espouse using our JDIX fund that manages volatility, manages risk. When you look at some sectors like IWM, you look at some sectors like XLU, um, on the downside, you look at things like TLT, where yields will probably rise in either administration. You try to find the, the highway that is safe for either kind of exit. Unfortunately, um, you know, there, there is there's a fair amount of unknowns here. So you need to play for both upside and downside. And whether we're advising our institutional investors or on the retail side, what we do in our core um, managed risk fund, JDIX, we're always trying to give people the best outcome in either scenario. And so IWM, 
we think small cap has some advantages in either scenario. Utilities have advantages in either scenario. We think that's important. At the same time, we think that yields, although the 210 yield curve has come down a little bit over the last few days over the weekend because of some of these concerns over COVID-related close downs, shutdowns, we think the amount of supply that's going to hit treasuries is so dynamic, is so dramatic that we believe that the 210 yield curve is going to continue to steepen, and that will hurt longer duration assets. So as a result, we think those are the kind of plays that have, have kept volatility higher, but also the kind of plays that in either case you're going to, you're going to, be, you're going to benefit from. So that's why we take that positioning, Nicole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It makes sense. It really does. And you're broadening out and you're diversifying, which is what the point that I made of last week when I said the Dow, the Nasdaq, and the S&P were lower, but the transports, the utilities, the mid-caps, small caps, and value, Russell, uh, were all higher. And that brings me right to your utilities. You know, I pitch them, you hit them, Arnie. I mean, this is what we're talking about and diversification because while everything else was selling off. And, you know, finish with a broad thought. Would you buy FANG? Would you buy the S&P? Would you buy tech? You know, start with your utilities thought, but broaden it out so we understand. Is this just part of a diversification? Would you still have some of the rest? Well, first of all, from a macro point of view, the fiscal plan really does matter, Nicole. And and the prior the prior contributor said, you know, we, we just don't know what it's going to be and whether the motivation to get a pre-election deal done, we think in the short term, that does create this volatility in the market. There are assets that do better in volatile environments, and utilities are one of them because they have a nice coupon. They have about a 3.3% distribution. And in either administration, utilities probably do well. The flavor of sustainables versus fossil fuels may change, but we still like those sectors. We also really believe in managing the overall volatility of your portfolio, because as I was talking about, here to the end of the year, with the election risk, you could lose a significant portion of your return if you don't take defensive approaches. So we want to find that diversification, which means we do have concerns about some of these very highly um, performing um, areas. And frankly, the technology area has performed very well, but it's difficult to move away from the work at home. It's difficult to move away from the organic growth, but we think potentially taking some of the some of the overweighting down in some of those sectors and moving it towards the more traditionally um, supported sectors in a cyclical recovery would make sense. Things like KRE um, that would benefit from a steeper yield curve do make sense. But all in all, our biggest recommendation is look at this VIX curve and take the message away from it. Look at the way realized correlation um, has actually been lower than what the options would imply. Those are signals that defense really makes sense here and that trying to be a hero yeah. into this election could be a damaging, could be a dangerous trend. If you're going to take options positions, we would be really using both extremes, play for the up for a bullish scenario, but also at the same time, play for that right. down scenario. There are S&P and HYG put strategies that are on the tail side that are 15 to 20 to one kind of plays. And again, those are capital efficient strategies and they don't put you in a vulnerable mm -hmm. position, Nicole, if in fact we get that out of consensus um, tail kind of, um, you know, kind of event that can actually lose you the entire year in a very short period of time. 